some people say we're heavy on engineering. They have two engineers and I go that you're full of shit. Right. So, so, I mean, are you talking like more than 50% of your team is engineers, 60, 70 engineers? I, I mean, it's a good chunk of the team. It's okay. not, it's not, uh, it's not two people. Let's put it this way. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Marwan Forsley. He's the co-founder and CEO of Veeam, a next-generation global payment provider that enables businesses to quickly and securely send and receive payments in local currency. Marwan, are you ready to take us to the top? All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. So did you have a local currency crisis a couple of years ago, and this is what made you get the business going or what? Oh, uh, you know, I uh, I have a lot of... Uh businesses in my family. Uh, and and it's been quite painful watching SMBs deal with payments all day because they're busy selling what they do best, selling their products. And they're looking for ways to simplify paying and getting paid. And uh, I, I'm amazed uh, about the, the number of things they do that are what I call old-fashioned processes. So like cutting checks, sending wires, uh, creating paper invoices. And we wanted to rip that whole thing up and provide something simpler to the user uh, so that they can pay and get paid without having to think about it, kind of becomes natural and secondhand. That's why we created Veeam, so that we help them do it in domestic markets as well as cross-border international. It's one login that gets you to do payments, payables, receivables, domestic, and cross-border under the same service. Interesting. And and so help me understand. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what the right question is here, but you'll guide me. How many small businesses use you guys? Sent at least a dollar via Veeam last month. Yeah, we have uh, about 300,000 uh, accounts on the platform. We're in 110 countries. We have 70 plus currencies that we support. We've been doing this since 2014. And customers use us to pay suppliers, pay labor. Some customers use us to you know, move money between their own bank accounts. Some customers use us to collect payments on invoices they either create on the system or they have a, an invoice already created. They send it out and collect payments on it. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what was total, you'd maybe call it like GMV through your platform in August? Yeah, we generally don't disclose that data. But I mean, this is a scalable platform that is designed to simplify payments for SMBs. And we're not talking about we're like we're not PowerPoint in early stage. We're not a, a big company either. Like that's like very large company. We're I would call mid-market accounts in 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 the way that the Wall Street describes companies. Yeah. I, I won't push you hard here, but I mean it would be helpful. Could you give a range you're comfortable with in terms of GMV? Like are you over a billion in it's GMV billion. last month? Yeah, we, we do billions annually. Okay, billion. Have you passed a have you had a billion dollar month yet? I can't disclose that, but I, I like it's really billions a year. That's why we can disclose. Got it. I, my, my guess would be you're not billions a year, like a month would be impressive. So maybe you're not there yet. I mean, but is it on the trajectory? Do you think you can get that like within the next this 24 is months? A scalable system. I mean, we double the number of accounts pretty much every year. Uh, you know, we've been in existence and like every year, the number of accounts on the platform at least doubles. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Tell me about how you're doing that. So if you're 300,000 now, you're 150,000 a year ago, how are you signing up more SMBs? Yeah, so it, it, it comes in in three different buckets. So um, some of it comes through our own marketing programs. We acquire customers directly. Uh, some of it comes through partnerships. We're plugged into QuickBooks, Zero, NetSuite. We're integrating with bank partners. And most interesting, the bulk of it, like, well, you know, over half of it, comes from customers that are already on Veeam. So kind of like think of it like member get member. And the reason why they do that, they like the service, they find it to be delightful. It's a simple experience. So they tell other customers that they have, hey, I'm going to use Veeam to pay you or I'm going to use Veeam to get paid from you. And so that naturally brings other customers to the platform. Mm-hmm. And that actually is the, the, the primary way of getting customers on the system, existing customers, bringing other customers. Mm-hmm. Do you measure that? Do you know what your viral coefficient is? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're at every month that uh, that passes by, sixty five percent of uh, new accounts come in from uh, customers that are on the platform. So that's sixty five percent of new signups come from referral yeah. links from current customers. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. It's not the traditional refer a friend model where you don't know if you've been referred or not. This is in the transaction. I send money to you. You like it. You say, you know, I'm going to use Veeam to get somebody else to pay you, or I'm going to use Veeam to send money to somebody else. So yep. it's in the transaction flow. Yep, yep, yep. So, so one party might not use Veeam yet, but they get an invoice from me and they go, what's this Veeam thing? Maybe I should sign up. And you get 65% of your growth comes from that. And what's amazing about that model is basically um, in return for a delightful experience that you give to the customers, customers become party to the growth. They themselves introduce the concept to other customers that they have, that they have yep. relationships with. That, this makes a ton of sense. I want to try and like put a face. I don't want to just get lost in the 300,000 number. I want to try and put a face to this SMB. So like, can you name, yeah. is there anyone you can cite? We have so many of them. Uh, we have a lot of startups, e-tailers, e-commerce. Can you name um, one though? Uh, a specific one? Um, I'm trying to... There's so many to pick from. There's so many to pick from. Like I... I uh, pick a startup, a startup, an SMB startup. Um, so... Um, yeah, he's, like looking, the, he's, he's searching through his HubSpot, his CRM right now. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I have so many of them. Like, th- this is one of the things about SMBs, unlike enterprise clients, where you have you know big accounts that you know them by heart. This yeah. is such a wide swath of businesses that use us. Not only businesses, businesses, accountants, partners. So uh, you know, it's it's just a large number of of customers that. that well, let me them. paint a picture, and you tell me if it's yeah. accurate. I'm a new startup. I need help invoicing. I'm going to use Veeam. We're in a couple of different countries. I'm going to use Veeam to do that. I might put like what ten thousand through the platform each month, something like that. My first couple invoices. Yeah, I mean that's a typical profile. That, that's okay. a good way of describing it. Um, actually, uh, they, they start customers start either paying suppliers and they start with a couple of suppliers a month and then they like the system, they start expanding on it and adding more suppliers to that platform. And some customers start the other way around. They start on the invoicing flow, exactly what you said. You have uh, a couple of customers you wanna collect on your invoice. And so you send them the invoice or the request and you collect payments on Veeam. That's a typical profile. So let's stick to this exact story. Again, I'm a new startup. I did 10,000 through your system this month in September. How do you guys make money on the 10,000 I use your system to collect? Yeah, we make money on foreign exchange. We make money if the payer paid with their credit card. We make money when we deposit funds real time to your debit card. 
and we make money on capital programs, bunch of customers really like the idea of accessing capital lines from Veeam. So I have a bill, I need to pay it, but I'm kind of short on cash. So what I do is I request the payment to be delayed. Essentially, think of it like a pay later type program. And the NPL, the- right? NPL, yes, exactly. Yeah. Similar to that for businesses. So these mm-hmm. are the types of revenue we make. What's interesting is there's no subscription fee, there's no setup fee, and there's no transaction fees on HCH, checks, or debit cards. They're all for free. So we make money on what we call advanced features, which is credit cards, foreign exchange, and capital program. Let me repeat these back to you quickly and just to make sure I got them. So you just said three, but so so deposit fund, you said foreign exchange, credit card fees, deposit funds real time to the de- debit cards, and then capital programs. But really, I can eliminate the deposit funds to real time to debt cards. Do you really think foreign exchange, credit card fees, and capital programs? Yes, that's I see. Okay. And 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 of those three, is there like clearly a leader in terms of what your like core business model is, or is it like 33, 33%, 33%, you know, revenue split? Well, historically, foreign exchange is the leader because historically we come from cross-border payments market. And over time, we know there's quite a bit of activity in domestic markets. So we started adding other ways to monetize domestic. So that's a newer revenue stream, parts and capital. But you know. Today, there's more skew towards foreign exchange. In the future, it'll balance out. I see. Okay. So, I mean, is it fair to say that right now more than 70% of your revenue is foreign exchange, but the other two ones are growing very quick because they're brand new? It's not as high, but yeah, the growth rate okay. on domestic is you know, definitely high. Uh, you, you know, It's like high growth markets. Give us a prediction. I mean, a year and a half, two years from now, of these three lines, which one do you think it'll is balance the out. most? Yeah, they'll they'll divvy up like maybe a third, a third, a third. These are all different ways to monetize customers, and these are all big trends in the market. I mean, credit card and and B two B and card issuance and and deposits. These are all hot markets in the B two B space. Capital and like you said, the MPL that's a hot market as well. And foreign exchange is like the most painful thing to do, and that's a known pain that everybody goes through. So that's a reliable, uh, a very good revenue stream that we're going to have for a long time. Is it like, if, so again, I'm that startup with 10,000, I need to send it to like, a, go through foreign exchange, like how much might you make on a 10,000 that I'm processing through that channel? It ranges from on the low end, about quarter percent on the high end, about 2%. It varies depending on the payment method you choose on the currency curves, on the countries. You know, there's a difference between sending payments to Europe versus sending payments to Vietnam. Like that, just the cost structure is very different. So there's a range of outcomes, but it it, it is very competitive. It ends up being like half the price compared to what you usually pay when you use a bank product. And what about on credit card fees and depositing funds to your debit card real time? How much can you make there? We charge one percent on uh, payments to a debit card. That's real time payments instantly. The money is deposited in your bank account that's linked to your debit card on paying with a card, which are 2.9%. Interesting. Okay. See, when I hear those, like you're basically capped at 2% and 2.9% on those first two revenue streams. The capital program that was very interesting because the buy now, pay later stuff, if you're if your cycle time on this is very tight, you're able to recycle capital very quickly and you're charging like a two or three percent. I don't know what it is, but you're charging some percentage, but the APR is through the roof. You can like print money doing this. 
Yeah, and, and on the APR, that also that is also a range. It's not necessarily a fixed amount. That depends on the quality of the customer, where you're located, how long you've been on Beam. So there's a range of outcomes. But in general, what we try to do is make sure the experience is delightful. It's simple, and we're not going to milk it on the on the uh, revenue side. We're going to make sure that there's multiple products we can monetize, and that's the the key thing. So Marwan, if I, again, same use case, I'm a startup 10K through your platform, but let's say that that 10,000 is a bill that I'm paying to a vendor. I've bought it and I want to pay it later. I want to keep that 10K. How much am I going to pay you? Like how long, how long can I push that payment off using Veeam? And what am I going to pay you at the end? Like how, what's your cost? You can push up to six months. And generally you pay anywhere from about a percent to 2% a month on that schedule. Okay, so twelve to twenty-four percent effective interest rate. Yeah. Pretty fair. Pretty yeah. fair. Are you doing yeah. this off your balance sheet? Do you have debt on? Do you have a balance we, we sheet? Work, we work with bank partners and and uh, partners that have uh, invested in Veeam, and we work through them. We work with them on these programs. Interesting. So wh- why haven't you raised? I mean, this again, you want to own this in house if you can. Why not go raise four or five percent cost of capital from a bank and do this off your own balance sheet? You know, it's, it, it, it depends. there's different ways of doing it. Generally, um, we like to stick to the things we do well and outsource to partners that uh, have their expertise. So there are partners that we have that are in the balance sheet business, and they're very good at scaling that. Uh, you know, my business is more payments related, more customer uh, experience. And so I'd like to stick to the things I know and then hand it off to uh, partners that this is their sweet spot. That way it creates complementary offering and we are able to scale that program without having tie-ups to figuring out to raise capital all the time. Yeah. Do you think you can do like $50 million in loans this year? Uh, This is a new program that we had that we just launched like literally like a month ago. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm not sure where we we are. It's like a brand new program. I I tell you though, um, capital, access to capital is something that SMBs want like there's demand for it there's a reason why bnpl is a hot thing these days because there's a general demand in the market for these types of products yeah i mean we had jim on the co-founder square on the show and and we got going into his pos business and his credit business and how the pos system allows their like buy now pay later stuff and it's one of their fastest growing arms i mean this is a very 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 hot space you know what's interesting is if you look at square is a really good interesting case square payments is the engine that was created first square capital landed second yes. square capital now is a big thing and actually the whole concept of embedding capital to payments is a hot topic because if you look at where capital has scaled in the past is situations where it is embedded into something else payments is a natural yeah yeah you see the same trend with paypal paypal and paypal credit you see the same thing with you know into it so like there's um, there's cases in the market where embedding capital into something else have done really well. Oh, embedded finance is the future. I mean, and that's why you launched the product and you're testing it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I want to move on to more like your backstory and the team here. Before we do that, though, so like we just learned about all your revenue streams, your different products, how you're helping these these SMBs. So what will you make sort of on average per month from these guys? It sounds like it's probably like ten or twenty bucks, right? Yeah, it's 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 SMBs. You're, you're making yeah, like twenty bucks a month is a yeah. good. Uh, you know, a uh, good way to characterize it. Yeah. Okay. Give me more of your backstory here. So you launched it in 2014. I mean, how did you get the first hundred customers? Oh no, we I, I started the company in late 2014. Uh, you know, we are a regulated uh, company, meaning we're licensed in every single state in the U.S. And we also have licenses in other parts of the world. So it took us like two three years just 
like legal compliance licensing. Um, and in the US, you can't just move money. You got to have all the licenses in place before you do it. So the actual selling of getting customers in did not really begin till later, uh, like 2017 timeframe before you can really start adding customers and bringing customers at scale. And the initial set of customers, I call it like friends and family. It's like whoever we know between all of us that have access to customers, we call them up. It's like, hey, we built this thing. You want to try it? Can you give it, uh, give it a shot and give us feedback? So that's mm-hmm. the initial group that came in that used the product. Mm-hmm. That and makes a lot there, of once sense. We have, once we have the first uh, batch of customers in, we got their feedback. And so we, we're very good at building quickly to whatever the customers, you know, whatever their customer feedback is. We then started hiring uh, sales and marketing teams to then get the next batch of customers. And that's where you start going from the first hundred to the first thousand to the first 10,000. That becomes like sales and marketing efforts. So sorry, what year was that they got your first customer? Oh, uh, like we were doing, I mean, we got the first customer in like 2016 and then, and then they trickle in because you're like, you're not really like commercially available. You're kind of doing it in states you have access to where you have licensing and you got to get customers as it's sort of a parallel path. As you get more licenses in different states, you add customers. So it takes a while to get the engine going because of the licensing schemes you have to have in place. And Marwan, do you remember the first year you did a million dollars in revenue? Uh, that was like 20, I don't, I don't actually remember, maybe 2017. 2017. That's a big moment. That's a big year. Yeah. It's, 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 a you know, I, I actually tell my my friends when they start businesses, the the most important uh, things in life. And when you're building a business is like first customer, first hundred, first thousand, first 10,000. If you think of them like multiples of 10, these are like amazing moments. So like on the revenue side, first million, first 10, you know, and it goes like that. It's a good way of, of, of measuring the milestones. It's like you have kids, you know, they go through through stages. Same thing with startups. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. When did you guys pass the $10 million run rate? Uh, yeah, I can't disclose. <laughs> oh, you can't go past it. You can just say just a million in 2017. That's as much as you can give me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, let's put it this way. It's it's scalable product with a scalable platform. And uh, you know what I can say is we pretty much doubled the number of accounts on the platform like every year. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Um, and people can do the math if you've doubled every year since 2017. Obviously, you can't double forever, but that's a nice growth rate. Talk to me. Um, you have chosen not to bootstrap. You raised some capital. How much total have you raised to date? About 120 million so far. And why do you need to raise all that capital to build this? Obviously, you're getting very diluted as you do that. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a very heavy infrastructure play. You got to have licenses. You got to have fairly heavy-duty technology that you need to build to automate payment processing in multiple countries. Uh, you got to plug into accounting systems all around the world. You got to have fraud and risk and security. So there's a big build here, and that build is not cheap to, to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so it requires infrastructure to... And, and when you have infrastructure you're building out, you got to have capital you raise to do that. Mm-hmm. When was the last round of capital? Uh, we did that last year, uh, August uh, last year. What was that? Your Series C? Series C. Yeah, interesting. Uh, okay, so 31 million raised there, Series C. Once you're on the venture track, I mean, you're basically making a funding announcement every 12 months. Do you want to tell us anything? <laughs> That's a really good question. That's a good segue. We announced actually uh, today uh, a relationship with Repay, where we, uh, Repay is a public company. 
and uh, we're teaming up with them to do cross-border payments for them. And we're working with them on issuing cards and they decided to invest money in the company. So strategics kind of come in all the time. And part of that, there's investments. So that's one that happened today since this is nice. Breaking there we go. Some breaking, yeah. some breaking news. That's good stuff. Now, when, you know, when you're raising a series C, most founders you're selling between call like sort of five and 10%, maybe sometimes 15% of the business. Were you sort of in that range? It's classical venture cycles in terms of dilution. Yeah. And so why, you know, you made the very public decision to get in bed with Goldman Sachs, right? Which decreases your ability to drive competition if you ever want to bring other capital partners to the table because Goldman's a big elephant in the room. Why was that the right decision? Well, Goldman led my Series B uh, strategic round. They actually led it. So they've been a partner with us for a long period of time. And we work with them. Um, essentially, the, the investment is strategic to them. So that's the context of the relationship we have with them. It's not specific to lending. It Do you is, feed them any data? What's that? Do you feed them any data? I imagine they were drooling over the data that you sit on. Um, we we work with them on a variety of, of projects, actually. So uh, it, it's not... Just to be clear, the the uh, the relationship with them is multifaceted. It's not necessarily related to lending. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a big question that anyone doing embedded finance that's partnering with a larger bank is going to have to go through as a founder. Almost every bank will ask for like a like an API feed, something behind the scenes that gives them really unique access to data. And you have to decide where you want to draw the line. You know, part of the... Uh, makeup of the business we have is rich data. And so we make sure that we use the data to automate lending decisions, to automate payment experiences, to make sure that you don't have to go through hoops to get what you want. And then as part of that makeup, we work with partners that kind of have the same mentality to servicing customers. Yep. Do you guys think you can break $20 million this year in revenue, or is that going to have to wait till next year? I, uh, I I just have to reiterate, <laughs> we're not in a in a position, unfortunately, to disclose anything on on the financials. If I take numbers you've already given me, three hundred thousand customers times we asked earlier, you said yeah, twenty bucks a month on each of them sounds about right. I mean, we can sort of back it. That that would put you at you're not this high, but that would put you at six million dollars a month in revenue. Um, I, I think you probably have a calculator somewhere ready to go. You're very good with numbers. So you, you, people can do the math. I can't I can disclose. Um, well, yeah. well, no, those, but those, those, are, uh, those are just numbers you, you gave. I mean, you said 300,000 customers and you said you make 20 per customer. I mean, obviously there's something there that's not adding up because that math doesn't work. Um, they, they, there are all kinds of customers on the platform. Some are active in the month, some are not. I um, see. It's just not exactly straight math like that. But, you know, you, you could, I mean, it's not, I just repeat, it's not a, a platform that is small in size. Um, yep. Yep. Tell me more as we wrap up. Customers around the world. Yeah. Tell me more as we wrap up a little bit about your team. So, so how many folks total these days? Um, we're we're um, 160 almost uh, folks in the company. Heavy in, how many engineers? I, I can't disclose that, but like, I mean, it's a technology product build. So a good chunk of that is, is engineering and product. And that's like the way tech is built out. Uh, it's heavy on engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is what some people say we're heavy on engineering. They have two engineers and I go that you're full of shit. Right. So, so, I mean, are you talking like more than 50% of your team is engineers, 60, 70 engineers? I, I mean, it's a good chunk of the team. It's okay. not, it's not, uh, it's not two people. Let's put it this way. Do you, do you use in terms of growing your base? Obviously, like an outbound model, high touch model doesn't seem like it would work because that's, this is, a, this is more like a high volume, low ARPU approach. Do you have any inside salespeople that have a quota? 
Um, we do, and they're mainly the, the type of customers we acquire are inbound. Uh, so the traditional model you were mentioning is more outbound or oriented. That's better for enterprise customers. For this market, uh, the type of customers come in are more inbound oriented. Mm-hmm. And as we wrap up before the famous five here, how does a founder like you think about churn? Where you're not, it's not a SaaS fee where they stop paying. It's more like a tracking how much GMV per month. If they go up, it's expansion. If they do none, then it's churn. Like, how do you think about that? Yeah, it's a different concept because this is transactional business models. It's not like a subscription. So I don't actually have churn in that I canceled my service this month. What we have is active and inactive customers. And the active-inactive ratios are a function of your invoice cycles. So, for example, you know some customers are on a weekly invoice cycles. They pay every week. Some are on a monthly. Some are on a quarterly. Some are like you know occasional. So you gotta so that the system uh, adapts to the invoicing cycles that happen between customers and their 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 payees. Yep. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Anything else about the business that you think we should chat about that I haven't asked about? I think the market B2B is a really hot market and it's going to be hot for a long period of time. And that's because this is an industry that have not seen innovation for such a long time that all these manual processes need to be completely reimagined. Mm -hmm. And there's an opportunity to do that with a very different experience than what you get today. And that's why we created it. Yeah, let's re- take off your founder hat for a second and just put on your, you know, your angel investor, you're analyzing the market. Just fintech right now is just hot, frothy, hot, totally irrational. W- what do you think like companies uh that are like Veeam, right? What revenue do you think they have to hit to where they they could probably go get a billion dollar valuation today? I I'm assuming a very irrational answer here, but I'm curious your thoughts. It depends on what segment you're inside fintech. There's a whole bunch of segments. So let's do SMB fintech, embedded finance, SMB products. I mean, sort of like what you've built. Yeah, generally it's multiple on revenue and growth. It's the combination of the two. So if you have revenue but slow growth, that you get lower sort of multiple. If you have revenue and high growth, you get higher multiples. So to get to that billion range, you gotta do like call it like you know depends on the growth rates, but like somewhere twenty times, thirty times multiples these days. I mean, some companies are like fifty times uh, multiples on revenue, but you know if you can hit the growth pass really hard, then you command multiples that are like fairly attractive these days. How long this this is going to stay? You know that's hard to tell. That's just macro dynamics. Uh, around the public markets and and the valuations we're seeing in the private markets are kind of in sync with public or getting there. But I'd say this, fintech is hot now. It's going to be hot for a while. And the reason why it's going to be hot for a while, because this is a market that has not seen change for decades. It's just been baking for a while. And now it's a hot thing and a sexy thing. But that's because there hasn't been a whole lot going on in the past 30 years, 40 years. So Marwan, would this be an accurate statement? You sort of feel like companies that are maybe in your space, fintech, SMB focused, they probably need to be around like 30, 40 million bucks in revenue growing 70 to 100% year over year to crack that billion dollar sort of valuation mark. That's, that's what you're good, saying. That's, that's a good sort of uh, a way to think of the market these days. Yeah. So are you going to be raising at a billion dollar valuation next year? <laughs> we'll see. You, you'll, you'll find an announcement. All right, guys. Marwan, good stuff. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite book? Um, I have The Innovator's Dilemma. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? 
I love what Jeff Bezos did with Amazon. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Veeam? Uh, AWS. It's been really good. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get for uh, each night? Six hours. Okay. In situation, married, single kids? I'm married. Any kiddos? And I have two kids. Nice. How old are you? I am uh, 49. 49 years young. Take us home. Your last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Something, say again? Something you wish you knew back when you were 20 years old. Something I wish I knew about when I was 20 years old? Yeah, like when you were 20, just something you wish you knew. Um, I wish I knew how to uh, code uh, more efficiently <laughs> because I would, I, would, I, would, uh, I would write a whole bunch of stuff that I think is really cool. That's just like do it and, uh, and see what happens in the market. I, I find talent in that direction is super interesting. Guys, Marwan was frustrated in 2014. He launched Veeam. Took him three years to break a million bucks in revenue, but he did it in 2017. Has basically been doubling ever since. He's now got over 300,000 SMBs that use his platform using three specific tools. He's got foreign exchange. They make 0.25 to 2% there. They've got credit card feeds and deposit funds real time to your debit card, 1% to 2.9% there. And then capital programs, which he's pretty excited about. Obviously, there's an APR there, but it's all focused on helping SMBs access capital, move money faster so they can focus on doing what they love, which is building their business. He's doing this with a team of 160 people, about 100 million bucks raised as he looks to continue to scale. Marwan, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. Have a good day.